This is Anne-Marie Lewis, and you are listening to We Are Rivers, conversations about the rivers that connect us. Brought to you by American Rivers. Our last episode was on the importance of wild and scenic rivers, describing what a wild and scenic designation entails, how the designation preserves rivers, and some of the opportunities and challenges that surround new wild and scenic designations. This episode is an extension examining Wild and Scenic's success and its new potential in 2018. Here's Amy Kober, the National Communications Director of American Rivers, speaking to the successes of Wild and Scenic. Oh gosh, I think we've had so much success. When American Rivers was founded, there were only a handful of rivers protected as Wild and Scenic, and and our founders dedicated this new organization to stopping the construction of harmful dams and protecting more rivers nationwide as wild and scenic. So fast forward, you know, more than 40 years, thanks to our work and thanks to our partners and river advocates across the country, thousands of miles of rivers are now protected. And these are absolute treasures. The upper Delaware and the salmon and the Tuolumne in California and the Concord in Massachusetts and so many treasures that will never be damned now and have to be preserved and protected for all of us. Today, thanks to the work of river advocates across the country, the National Wild and Scenic River System safeguards more than 12,700 miles along parts of 208 rivers and 3 million acres of riverside lands in 40 states and the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico. So that's a huge win, but I think we still need to do so much more, and which is why American Rivers is launching with our partners 5,000 Miles of Wild for the 50th anniversary of the act to try to get 5,000 new miles of rivers protected. 2018 marks the 50th anniversary of the Wild and Scenic Rivers Act. So American Rivers, American Whitewater, and other partners are launching their boldest river protection effort ever, 5,000 Miles of Wild. The 5,000 Miles of Wild campaign, it is a united push to protect 5,000 new miles of wild and scenic rivers for the 50th anniversary of the Wild and Scenic Rivers Act, which is in 2018. Perhaps the coolest part of the campaign is its efforts to foster dialogue and advocacy within the river recreation community by sharing individual stories. We also want to inspire conversation about the importance of wild rivers. And so we're asking people to share their personal river stories. We want to collect 5,000 stories as a way to show decision makers a broad and diverse wave of support for new river protections. It's really an exciting thing to be part of. Uh, all of the partners in this campaign are just fabulous and their energy is amazing and we're off to a really, really great start. And so 2018 is going to be a really big year. Mark Deming, the communications director of NRS, the world's largest paddle sports equipment manufacturers, was one of the minds behind the idea. Here Mark tells his story about the origin of the campaign two years ago at the National Outdoor Retailer Trade Show. Two years ago, I guess it was, and we had kind of a, a mini um, river conservation campaign going there along with American Rivers based around the film The Important Places by Forrest Woodward, um, which we co-released with American Rivers and Chaco. And it was pretty simple. We were just asking people to take this small whiteboard and write their important place or the river that meant the most to them in their lives on the whiteboard and pose for a portrait. 
the cool thing that came out of that was it seemed that every time somebody did this, these stories would just organically issue forth and they were compelled to, you know, not just write down their river on the whiteboard, but to tell us why it was their river and, and the experience that made that place resonate with them. And it was just amazing stuff that we were hearing. And so Amy Cober and I, along with Emily Knuckles, who's now the campaign manager for 5,000 Miles of Wild, you know, said, man, we have to do something with this. This is just such wonderful stuff. And it's so, you know, emotionally impactful. And out of that experience came the idea that the best way to generate groundswell support for protecting more wild and scenic rivers is to really relate it down to the individual is much more impactful emotionally than just spewing out the data and the science, which again is extremely important, but we're humans and stories are what really resonate with us to, you know, really show the people in positions of power who can make these decisions the profound effect that wild and scenic rivers can have on the people of the United States. So we got this idea from that to collect 5,000 river stories from 5,000 individuals in support of a campaign to protect 5,000 new miles of wild and scenic rivers. 5,000 new miles of wild and scenic rivers is a bold goal. To put it into perspective, there is a little over 2,000 miles from the east coast to the west coast at its shortest distance. It would take you about a week or so to travel this distance at 60 miles an hour. And the greatest distance between any two points within the contiguous 48 states is still only 2,900 miles. So establishing 5,000 new miles of wild and scenic rivers is endeavorous. Yeah, it's a bold goal, but our rivers deserve nothing less. When you think about the fact that less than 1% of rivers in our country are protected, we have more than 80,000 dams nationwide, it really shouldn't be that big of a lift. I mean, the, when you think about all of the values that these rivers give us from clean drinking water to flood protection to economic benefits and, and recreation, rivers touch everybody. They touch our lives in so many ways. And protecting these wild rivers will benefit us from for generations to come. Throughout this podcast series, I have been recording each interviewee's favorite memory on or near a river. These recordings had no particular goal at the time. I just feel it's important to remember why it is we love the raw places we enjoy and protect. So, in this podcast, mirroring the spirit of 5,000 Miles of Wild, I was excited to dig back through my interviews and pick a few to share with you. In order of appearance is Amy Martin, a Grand Canyon photographer and raft guide, Amy Kober, American Rivers National Communications Director, Mark Deming, NRS's Director of Marketing, and Kevin Fedarko, the author of The Emerald Mile and one of the few people who has ever through-hiked the entire length of the Grand Canyon, an impressive feat considering that less people have accomplished this than have stood on the moon. Here are their stories. I have one river story that I actually haven't told yet, so I was going to tell you that story. Um, it was very bad boat etiquette that got me into this situation. But um, it's one from a river trip a few years ago where my boat and another boat were separated from our trip. The rest of our crew had gone downstream to get camp. Like, again, that is something that should never happen. And it was getting to be evening. And so we were rowing really fast trying to get down to the camp and probably past 
at least half a dozen camps. Everything was full. It was not our trips. They had kept going downstream. And so it started getting dark and dark, and I began to fall. And, yeah, luckily for us, it was full moon. However, very, very unluckily for us, it was the night of the full lunar eclipse. And so right above a rapid, we start hearing it. And we're like, oh, my gosh, I hope that our crew is camped right above it. And we look over, and it's a different crew. So all of a sudden, it got super, super, super dark, completely at full eclipse. And I was just like, oh, my God. So my passenger and I were, you know, trying to get our headlamps out. And we see some lights on the left bank. And I was like, oh, my God. So we pulled over. And two of the guys from our trip were there. They had hiked up around the rapid. And we're just like, you guys have to run. We are camped downstream. The headlamp basically just, like, went out into darkness. So I was, like, freaking out, put my hands on the oars. Yeah, and ran the rapid, which was crazy because it just, it, you couldn't see anything. And so you had to use all of your other senses to be able to tell kind of where you were in the rapid and kind of shifting the boat. And it just, it was amazing. All of that energy from the river, we were one with the water, that black, inky water. Back in July, 1999, I'll just never forget that morning standing on the bank of the Kennebec River in Augusta, Maine. And we were there for the removal of Edwards Dam. And this was a really big deal because this hadn't happened before. Dam removal was still a really radical idea. And here we were and it was happening. And I'll just never forget being in that big crowd, standing on tiptoes, looking across the river and watching the backhoe. And the huge cheer that rose up from the crowd when the backhoe finally broke through and the first big muddy gush of water burst through and the Kennebec was flowing freely for the first time in 150 years. When I was 16 years old and going into my, I guess, junior year of high school, a couple buddies and I loaded up in Chevy pickup and drove from Spokane, Washington, where we lived, up the St. Joe River in northern Idaho to camp and fish for a few days. No adult supervision, just three young guys and some camping gear and fishing gear and pickup truck and on a wild and scenic river, catching cutthroat trout and, and camping and, and just enjoying all of that. And that experience really just lit a fire within me to dedicate the rest of my life, honestly, toward just being outside and in all aspects, but especially toward spending as much time as possible on rivers. I think if anything stands out in my mind with respect to the time that I spent in the canyon, there's this magical moment that occurs each and every day. It's right around sunset. It's when the sun has gone down behind the rims and disappeared, and the, the night sky, the sky laden with and filled with stars, emerges over the canyon itself and, and really sort of defines the second river uh, inside the canyon. I'm talking about the celestial river starlight that arcs over the canyon. That's a really magical moment. Rivers connect us all. Think of an important memory or moment you had on a river where you connected with the place and the people you were with. And I'm sure you'll have trouble picking just one. I invite you and encourage you to share your story at 5000miles.org. In addition, you can see other stories, learn more about Wild and Scenic, and join the movement. 
and in the future, we will be featuring some of these stories on this series. If you don't yet have a river story, I encourage you to take an opportunity, whenever that may be, to walk along the edge of an untouched bank in silence. Smell, breathe, listen, and you'll hear the hauntingly beautiful sound of flowing water, the sound that is made by water as it pushes its way through the jagged rocks it conceals. I, myself, feel an immense amount of connection and gratitude in this simple way. This is enough. We Are Rivers is now available in both iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to stay up to date with new episodes. And if you find We Are Rivers educational, interesting, and inspiring, please take a moment to rate and comment. This helps others discover the series too. We appreciate your support.